Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition podcast, Keith Crosby Out of My Mind. I'm sad to say today's podcast will preempt the scheduled podcast on addiction. We'll return to that next week. But what we're going to be talking about today is what went on in the Capitol. We want to talk to you about what happened in the Capitol last week and how you should view it. So I'd say probably by now most of us know um, what has gone on with the the storming of the Capitol. Um, But really, I think that is an important question. How do we we look at... Well, it's like this. Thugs overran the Capitol building and killed one police officer, beat another one severely, and injured several others, damaging a whole lot of property and a great deal more in the process. They damaged the credibility of the United States, and they endangered the well-being of the Republic. Yeah, there's a lot of discussion about who the rioters really were. Some were saying there there were agitators present among the crowd. Um, some people were saying that they're Antifa, things like that. What do you think about those? So the question is, who were these thugs? They were not patriots. They were not Antifa. And they were not Black Lives Matter agitators. They were right-wing thugs. And trying to excuse this atrocity by appealing to now widely discredited conspiracy theories about their identity is just plain naive. It's dishonest at some level, and it's naive at best. After all, their own Facebook posts have betrayed them, and other social media posts, plus the selfies they took of themselves in the buildings, indicate who they were. And again, they are not patriots, and their own arrogance have betrayed them. They are not people of goodwill. I mean, bottom line, Think about what they really did. They broke federal law, and mercifully, in so doing, they committed a grave error because through their unlawful conduct on federal property, like those recently arrested in Portland and Seattle by Department of Homeland Security officers, these people are guilty of violating federal law. That means there's no catch and release. That should mean there's no bail. And that should mean when they are arrested, they will be incarcerated and they will go to jail. That means they will stand trial. And all that is a very good thing indeed. And what did they do? I mean, let's take a look back. Let's just step back and take a look at what happened. They looted offices. They damaged properties. They got one of their own people killed. And for what? For nothing. They damaged property that my tax dollars and your tax dollars paid for. They threatened and endangered the well-being of the republic. They weakened the Constitution. And they endangered the security of the American people in the United States all at the same time. And they did it at home and abroad. Because if anyone thinks that Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, and even Venezuela and Cuba weren't watching, they're mistaken. These people have emboldened freedom's enemies at home and abroad by acting like thuggish rioters. And they allegedly, they they say they're against rioting. They say they're against what they've seen in the cities all around the country. But rioting to combat rioting is like murdering to combat murder. Yeah, I I would definitely agree that uh, we probably saw a lot of terrible things that these rioters did. Did they accomplish anything worthwhile, would you say? I think their only accomplishment, and it is not worthwhile, was that they discredited the peaceful protesters who were probably in the majority. And I'm sorry to say, between the president's carelessness and their recklessness, they destroyed whatever legacy was left of the last four years. Few will remember the good things that have taken place during the previous administration, and everyone will remember this blot on the history and character of our country. What did they accomplish? They've assured honest conservatives, people of faith, people of goodwill, normal people who do not support this kind of lawless behavior are going to be lumped in the same basket as they are and maybe eventually in the same types of jail cells that they are. They've assured that people of faith, people with conservatives, 
conservative values and other people of goodwill are going to be persecuted, canceled, marginalized, and censored. And we've already seen that on social media. Look what happened to Parler, that social media platform. Why don't you talk for a minute about uh, what Parler is and, and really what Parler did to uh, get itself in so much trouble? Uh, Parler is uh, a libertarian or somewhat conservative version of Twitter. And what happened was Apple, Google, and Amazon Web Services, in a coordinated effort, shut down Parler and censored their users. And why did they do that? They did that because a lot of conservatives and a lot of Trump supporters, and these are not necessarily always the same, use Parler because they've been shut out of and canceled on Twitter. Now, never mind that Twitter has been a home to other types of activists who have had off, who have advocated violence, like recently a trending tweet was that we should hang Vice President Mike Pence. They have attributed the violence of these protesters to Parler, and so Apple and Google have deleted or won't let you download Parler's uh, app. And Amazon Web Services, which was the web hosting service for Parler, gave them 30 hours to uh, move their, their service somewhere else. And so they are off the Internet right now. All because of the singularly stupid and reckless act and the ham-handed way in which it was orchestrated. And all of this now has provided for the impeachment, a second impeachment of a sitting president in one term, and for the silencing of others who may not agree with the cultural narrative as it is today. I mean, these people behave criminally, and they have messed it up for everybody else. And nothing that led up to this riot justified, to any degree, justified their lawlessness, their criminality, their violence, and ultimately their murderous conduct. Did you see the video of them beating the Capitol Hill police officers? I'm going to put that on our resource page. Did you see that, Mark? I actually haven't seen that. I've seen uh, plenty of pictures and video, but uh, I haven't seen the actual beating. Ultimately, I, I guess the question I would ask you, Keith, is is what do you think has gone wrong? Where do you think these people missed in construing what was a peaceful protest into just uh, a lawless riot? Well, I think there's always a fringe around every large movement, liberal or conservative. And just as you have Antifa and similar anarchists who want to destroy the system and burn it down and replace it with something else, on the far right, you have a similar group who really doesn't care about institutions of government, about constitutionality, about law, about God, about the welfare of others, and they want to burn the system down, but for different reasons. But their ends and their aims are all the same. And what has lended itself to this somewhat in this uh, protest that turned into a riot at the end when this minority of 250 people out of thousands tried to ransack the, the Capitol building is that too many people in this country, many of whom are professing Christians, have somehow put their faith in politics and not Christ. They have moved their allegiance from the kingdom of heaven to earthly kings, from the king of the universe to earthly politicians. It reminds me of what it says in Hosea chapter 8, verse 4. They made kings, but not through me. They set up princes, but I knew it not. And with their silver and gold, they made idols for their own destruction. There are some people, and some of them are at least professing Christians, if not real Christians. They're worshiping at the idol of politics, and they're embracing this peculiar form of idolatry. And this is where it leads. And when you look at the goings-on from last week, I'm reminded of what the Proverbs say. 
Proverbs describes a personality type that rather than building up their own house, they tear down the walls of their own home with their own hands in Proverbs 14.1. And elsewhere in Proverbs, we read of a person without self-control who is like a city broken into and left without walls. And we saw that last week. A lack of self-control at so many levels has brought about this catastrophe. James tells us that there's a way of thinking that promotes disorder in every vile practice in James 3, 13 through 18. And this way of thinking is earthly, natural, and demonic. It's an ends justifies the means kind of approach. And in contrast to godly wisdom, it is from below, not from above. The wisdom that is from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, and good action and good results. Godly thinking, right thinking, results in a harvest of righteousness sown in peace by those who make peace. Did you get that? By those who make peace. That is not what we saw in the Capitol last week. And make no mistake, for professing Christians and those who are indeed real Christians, the end never justifies the means. And it's that ends justifies the means type thinking that you saw on display last week. Okay, so something that I've seen a lot is uh, blaming. The The media has definitely pointed their fingers. Uh, the, the right, the conservatives have pointed fingers. In your opinion, who's to blame? Well, the fact is there's plenty of blame to go around, plenty of blame. And it is dishonest to lay the blame squarely and solely on the shoulders of Donald Trump. I believe the president does share in the blame. He never advocated violence, but his rhetoric, you remember several years ago, Barack Obama made some inflammatory rhetoric, and shortly thereafter, some nut killed six Dallas police officers. Or when Bernie Sanders said that conservatives were trying to kill people, and one of his former campaign volunteers shot up a, a congressional uh, softball game and almost killed someone. Donald Trump, through his self-absorption, and I would say to some degree his own narcissism or pride, raised the temperature in an already hot, volatile environment. If you listen to his campaigning in Georgia, he mostly talked about himself and did little to help the candidates, and he talked incessantly about his victimhood. And also his irresponsible tweets, even though they weren't worthy of being censored, and even though the ACLU has stepped in to offer some defense of him, on Twitter saying he shouldn't have been canceled or he shouldn't have been suspended. You know, half of his tweets are just plain dumb and reckless. And, and I mean, some of his comments, even comments from the, uh, the, the preceded the, the riot on Capitol Hill, I want, I'm going to play a clip here in a moment and listen to what he says to this crowd of supporters before they turn violent and before they riot on Capitol Hill. And what you're going to hear is him not calling for violence, but calling on them to march to the Capitol, to walk down to the Capitol, and to go and to cheer the brave congressman. And then he says that he will go with them. And I think the problem is, is that he did not go with them. He did not accompany them. And he sent them off without any clear leadership. And they were like sheep without a shepherd. And they did dumb things. At least some of them did. I believe that that somewhat contributed to the situation that evolved, or shall we say devolved. Maybe if he'd gone with them, or better yet, had not encouraged them to walk down to the Capitol building, none of this would have happened. But he was reckless. And he didn't do that. He either didn't mean what he said, or he said it carelessly without thinking it through, and he failed to let his yeas be yea and his nays be nay. Here's the clip. Now it is up to Congress to confront this egregious assault on our democracy. And after this, we're going to walk down, and I'll be there with you. We're going to walk down. We're going to walk down. Anyone you want, but I think right here, we're going to walk down to the Capitol. And we're going to cheer on 
our brave senators and congressmen and women. So clearly he didn't advocate violence, not even close. But he did not do what he said he would do. And maybe he would have walked down with them. Maybe this wouldn't have happened. And then later, sadly, his attempts to tell the crowd after the violence to go home peacefully, again, they were self-focused. He had a mixed message. He told them to go home. This is not what we're about. But then he talked about how he had been treated unjustly and though he'd won by a landslide, the election had been stolen. Again, this is just his carelessness. And the leader of the free world is held to a stricter standard. And the fact of the matter is, there may have been voting irregularities in Wisconsin, Georgia, and Pennsylvania. I believe there were, but in no way did he win by a landslide. I mean, think about it. In 2016, he lost the popular vote by 3 million and won through the Electoral College. And in this highly polarized political environment, I doubt he persuaded many people on the left to vote for him. And while I believe he did better this time, it's not rational for him to say that he won by a landslide. It's inflammatory, and he should have known better. And if there was a nationwide conspiracy to deprive him of his seat in the Oval Office, it would be hard to really effectively keep it a secret, even with the collusion of the press and others. The bottom line is three people can keep a secret if two are dead and one has something to hide, as the old saying goes. Now let's talk about those on the left. The Congress, people like Nancy Pelosi in the House and Chuck Schumer in the Senate, and the media and others. As obsessed as they are about Donald Trump, and as obsessed as Trump is about them, they are sharing in the blame that contributed to this environment. Their irrational behavior, they used to call it Trump derangement syndrome, their obsession with him has created, has helped to create this environment. And you see their lack of balance and their lack of moral clarity in this last-ditch effort to impeach an outgoing president in the last 24 hours of what will be his presidency. This is a time when healing is needed, when leadership is needed, and all of these things are lacking on the left. And so there's a shared responsibility, and I don't think you can blame Donald Trump exclusively. I don't think you can blame the left exclusively. I believe there's a lot going on right now, and this is a perfect storm, and we saw what happened. So yeah, just to further clarify, I know it's something that um, we talk about often, taking responsibility for one's own actions. Um, but to just clarify, you, you're not blaming just the president or just the left or even the president and the left, are you? No, make no mistake about it. The violence in the Capitol rests squarely on the shoulders of those who did the violence. Nancy Pelosi did not put a gun to their head and make them do what they did. Donald Trump did not put a gun to their head and make them do what they did. The American people did not demand it. And so the goings-on in the Capitol did not warrant it. These people are accountable for their actions. And even if there had been the so-called mythical uh, Antifa agitator or whatever, there were too many other people more than willing to do damage, violence, and carnage. Okay, so let's talk about for a minute uh, kind of where all of this stems from, um, and that's the election fraud allegations. Okay, you know what? Let's just be clear. If there was election fraud, it did not warrant this behavior. This brings us back to the rioters. They have completely derailed any attempt to correct whatever injustices may have taken place with election irregularities. How did they do this? Well, Senator Hawley and Senator Cruz never got a chance to present their information before the Senate because the rioters disrupted the whole process. And so the rioters have, undo have undone anything that would have come close to rectifying the situation. All right, so there was a lot of talk about uh, the vice president, Mike Pence, uh, not certifying the vote. I think um, Trump tweeted about it, wanted him to not certify the vote. Um, what do you think about that? 
Well, here's the problem. And I've had people talk to me. Well, you know, they can do this or they can do this or Pence can do this or the Congress can do this. And each state gets one vote. People read the Constitution. A lot of people are parroting stuff they hear, and they are not reading the documents. You know, I have my undergraduate degrees in political science. If anyone takes time to read the founding documents, I'm sorry, to read the Constitution of the United States, or even parts of the Federalist Papers, which provide commentary on the Constitution, the provisions that Trump cited and that other people cited do not exist. And that is why Vice President Pence did his constitutional duty and in the process probably preserved the republic by certifying the vote. He did not have the power not to certify the vote. The Electoral College votes, he verifies it, and that is it. And Donald Trump calling him a traitor or a betrayer or whatever is just plain foolishness. Besides, the vice president's loyalty is to the United States of America, not to the president, not to Trump. And while Trump derangement syndrome really does exist on the left in places like MSNBC, CNN, the New York Times, and everything else, there is a similar problem on the right, I'm sorry to say, and you saw it at the Capitol. And this minority of hotheads who are as deranged as the alt-left rioted. And to some extent, they and the president, through their conduct and his rhetoric, have ceded the high moral ground to others on the left, living down to every crass caricature concocted by the left of those who disagree with them. And because the media and the Congress and the president, because of all their actions, it is the American people who are the losers. It is the American experiment that has suffered loss after 250 years of success. It is the American institutions of government that have suffered loss in credibility and moral authority around the world. And now these rioters have opened up reasonable people, people of goodwill, people of faith who sincerely disagree with the status quo to being lumped with them and canceled and facing censorship in an environment that is so hostile that it is going to be difficult to live out one's convictions in this fallen world. You know what? Let me just take a moment, too, and point to our upcoming special podcast on January 29th. That's where we did the interview with Rod Dreher on his book, Live Not By Lies. He talks about some of this, some of the things that we're seeing right now and some of the things that we're going to see. So let me just encourage you to stay tuned for that podcast and get ready for what he's going to describe to you because it's coming. And these rioters have sown the seeds that are going to give the left and corrupt politicians the impetus to do to us, to Christians, to people of goodwill, what they want to, because the opportunity has been presented them on a platter. So as I've watched all of this unfold, and, and obviously I was there when we recorded that interview with um, Rod Dreher, and um, listening to some of those things, uh, it, it seems pretty bleak, uh, our situation. And uh, I, I find myself searching for some of the hope in all of this. And so uh, is there some good news that we can get from is there hope after all of this? Is there good news? You know, there is. First, the republic has survived. Congress recovered from the riots. The vice president, Vice President Pence, presiding, certified the Electoral College vote. And so the republic has limped on. And the hope is, is that people of goodwill will act like they've got some sense in the days ahead and act with restraint and weather this storm and ultimately cooler heads will prevail. But again, I'm not a prophet. You know, this leads me to another question. There's been a lot of talk around. What does all this have to do ultimately with biblical prophecies and, and things like that? Uh, I'm sure the YouTubes of the world and those things have all um, chalked this up to be end times stuff. What do you think about that? Well, 
I've received numerous emails and YouTube video links to videos about conspiracies and linking them to end time prophecies and things like that. And I've, I've recently gotten uh, two. One is by a pastor, Dana Coverstone, another is by a pastor, Wade McKinney. Both of these men say that they are not prophets. You know what? Take their word for it. They're not prophets. I'm sure they're nice men, but their prophecies are not to be trusted. Both keep insisting that they're not prophets, and the people who receive their uh, YouTubes should believe them because a prophet of God claims to be a prophet of God, and their prophecies, and I'm not going to go into all of them, contradict the biblical model. So please do not waste your time on these types of videos, which brings me to another matter, and that is this. Speaking of the end times, at Hillside Church, we're about to start a series in May, I believe, on the book of Revelation. And so you can attend online. You can live stream at www.hillside.org forward slash services, or you can attend in person. But we're going to be going through the book of Revelation, and hopefully that will give people a, a more sane grasp of what is coming in the end times and, uh, and give them a better understanding of Uncle prophecy. Okay, so I think... Uh... As we start to wind down here, uh, the question really comes to mind, what are we to do now? How do we continue as Christians in this culture, in this society, now that all this has happened? Well, first and foremost, Mark, live out your faith. Sure, live out your faith and vote your conscience. Live out your faith and live out your conviction. But above all, be, call, be faithful to the calling with which you've been called. And whatever you do, whatever you do, do not trust in a political messiah be it Donald Trump or Joe Biden. Israel trusted in a political messiah, and in doing so, they rejected Jesus Christ, the messiah. Do not fall into the same trap. There is only one savior and messiah, and that messiah is neither Donald Trump nor Joe Biden. Moreover, that messiah is not the Republican Party or the Democrat Party, and it is not the Libertarian Party. So stop confusing these things. Your citizenship, Christian, is in heaven. Certainly love your country. Love America. I love America. I love this country. And if you're listening abroad, love the country that you live in. But remember this, our allegiance is to Christ first and foremost. Heaven is your home. How then shall you live? 1 Peter 1.17 tells us as believers to conduct ourselves with the fear of God during our time here in exile on earth. Did you get that? We are in exile on earth. Earth is not our home. We are citizens of heaven. We need to conduct ourselves accordingly. 1 Peter 2.12 warns us to conduct ourselves with excellence among the unbelievers so that when they slander us, they do so without credibility before God. And 1 Peter goes on to say that we should follow in Christ's steps, suffering as a Christian. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter, He who committed no sin and no sin was found in him, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he was persecuted, he uttered no threats, but he kept on entrusting himself to the one who judges righteously. God wants you and I to do the same. God's advice here are his commands. Meanwhile, pray for our nation. Pray that for every single one of our leaders, Democrat or Republican, pray for them. Embrace the suffering that God has ordained for you without opposing God in some misguided way. Do what you do for the glory of God, the good of others, and your own growth. Fulfill the Great Commission, because the times ahead are probably going to be chaotic, dark in some way, and distressing. But never forget that God is on the throne. And understand that there is no place in God's kingdom for the type of behavior that we witnessed last week. Live as a Christian. Let's entrust ourselves to the one who judges righteously, period. And that's the one who will be returning soon. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Okay, so that's it for today. 
Stay with us uh, for our next episode on understanding addiction. Uh, we're going to go back to that. We have resources for this podcast, uh, some videos if you doubt the credibility of some of the things that we said. We have some other links as well. If you'd like to ask me a question, feel free to email me at keith at hillside.org, and I'll try to answer within 24 hours. Learn more about Hillside Church at www.hillside.org. You can watch our worship online or join us for Sunday worship in person at 9 and 1045. And again, if you're listening on uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes or Spotify or whatever you're listening on, be sure and give us a good rating. And in the meantime, live as a Christian. This is Keith Crosby with Mark Stickler. Out of my mind, God bless you and keep you.